Tries to go across for Pacioretty. Deflected away by Kaprizov. And Boldy in all alone out of the penalty box. And Anderson, who makes the save. Take advantage of Flurry without a goal stick. And the Canes get it across. Here comes Burns. To the back end, he scores! Carolina takes advantage of the Flurry miscue. Brent Burns, seventh of the year. And we're tied at one in Raleigh. Shot put on. This is my elite goaltending, and boy, this huge Kaniac fan base, they know it. Miami to it. Set across, and now cross corner for Nason. He'll get to it. He'll drop it back. Neatly played by Natchez. Now for Shea. Shea scores! On the power play! Brady Shea! A career high, 10th goal on the season. It puts Carolina up 2-1. Boss trying to get a stick to it. Now it'll be handled by Tara Vinen from Slavin. Up for Jesper Faust and Chatfield with it. Chatfield turns on the speed, gets it back to Tara Vinen. He scores! Short-handed! The speed of Chatfield pushed back the defense. And Tara Vinen fires a pill. Upper 90. 3-1 Carolina. Madison got to it now. Chatfield's drive. He scores! He said he just needed one. Part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. And now, here's Adam. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold, and the Carolina Hurricanes beat the Minnesota Wild tonight by a 5-2 to two score at PNC Arena. And there was a ton of good and one very bad at the very end. There was more bad, but there was one very bad at the very end, and that, of course, is the Max Pacioretty injury. Kind of appears to be a reoccurrence of something in the lower body, the lower leg. Could be an Achilles. Who knows? Maybe they'll catch a break, and it's not an Achilles. Maybe it's a calf and something he can come back from at the end of the season. Don't know. Uh, don't want to speculate, although I guess I already did. Uh, but we'll find out. I'm sure by the time you listen to this, we might know exactly what the injury is to Max Pacioretty. With that said, there was a lot of good tonight, and we got to talk about it uh, for at least a little bit. I'll give you everything I got. I am uh, I am a gamer. I am a hockey uh, hockey podcaster. Uh, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. 
Siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmet, you know it. They got it. Aluminumcompany.com. Free no obligation estimate there. All right. So, uh, Minnesota's a very good team. and They have been playing incredibly well since a 7-8-2 and two start. The Wild coming in tonight, 18-6-2 in their last 26 games. I believe that's the best in the Western Conference over that period of time. It's one of the best in hockey over that period of time. This is a legitimate team that could do a lot of damage in the West. What they don't necessarily have, other than Kirill Kaprizov, is... Super skill. Matt Boldy's a good player. Matt Boldy had one of the goals tonight. Kaprizov had the other. But it's a big, fast, physical, gritty team. And these are the types of teams that you're going to have to deal with in the playoffs if you're going to win. And for uh, a lot of the night, Carolina was the better team. Uh, There were some moments, and it was a little bit of uh, maybe disappointing for Carolina not to have something to show for what I thought was a pretty good first period. At least a pretty good first, say, two-thirds of the first period. Then it kind of went away. Carolina was really good for about 12 minutes. Uh, They had a, what, a 9 or 10? It was a 9-2 edge or a 9-3. It was 10-3 edge in shots in the first 12 minutes. And two of Minnesota's shots were basically just flipped on net from distance to get a faceoff. That's it. Carolina was dominating play. They had a few power plays, although uh, the second and third power plays weren't good enough to continue any dominance. They were just better than Minnesota, but didn't have anything to show for it. And when the period ended uh, with no score, you had to think that, yeah, felt like that was an opportunity wasted. And then Minnesota gets the first goal. And then Carolina got mad. And we'll talk about all of that. But let's start at the end. Let's start with the Max Pacci already injury with, I don't know, 30 seconds left to go or so in the game. Maybe a little bit more. I don't know. Don't really remember uh, exactly what it was on the clock. And I'm going to start with, I'm going to start by saying this about the injury. Let's not be emotional and results-based. Max Pacioretty, healthy enough to play. Played pretty well tonight. If if your position is Max Pacioretty shouldn't be on the ice with however many minutes to play and a power play in a 5-2 game, I'm sorry, but you're just wrong. Because if your position is, well, what if he gets hurt? Then Max Pacioretty shouldn't have played at all. And why would we treat Max Pacioretty, who the Hurricanes medical staff, and it's a good one, declared him fit to play, then we should say that why does Sebastian Ajo play? Why did Jacob Slavin play? Why did Freddie Anderson play? Why did Tavo Terva? Come on. Let's not be reactionary and results-based and understand that that's a freak injury, what we saw, non-contact. And it doesn't make a difference what time of the game it was. Max Pacioretty is a hockey player. He's playing. Carolina's got a power play that they really need to got to get going. And that was an opportunity to get that power play even more reps. So, uh, I'm not going to get mad. I understand the reactionary uh, nature of this type of thing. Nobody wants anybody to get hurt. But 
I mean, you're not putting Max Pacioretty in bubble wrap, even though maybe that was probably uh, uh, would be advised, knowing Max Pacioretty's at least recent history uh, of staying on the ice. He's already been, he came back from injury, got hurt once already. So it all sucks. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell at anybody, but let's be smarter about this. Nobody to blame at all. It happened. It just happened. So now let's move on. No, there there is more to say about not the injury, but what happens next. So I'll be brief about this because I don't know how much I have, and uh, I want to get a bunch of things in here on this Kane's Corner podcast. If Patchy Reddy is gone for, let's just say the season, and if it's not the season, if he is gone for the balance of the regular season, there's $7.5 million of cap room. I think it's $7.5 million. There's a lot of cap room to use, and Carolina can put that to use. It will help them not have to launder uh, somebody's contract through a third party. It even might open the door for two additions. So, right now, Andre Kasha is on long-term injured reserve. At some point, Andre Kasha may come back. Maybe not, but at some point, he may come back. And if he if he does come back, then Kasha goes on the ice. If he doesn't, then there's about $9 million in long-term injured reserve to use. So... Could that get you a number two center, which Carolina desperately needs? Could that get you a third pair left shot defenseman, which I believe Carolina desperately needs? Could that get you another option for the power play on the blue line, which I believe Carolina desperately needs? I know Brady Shea looked very good on the power play tonight. He scored a power play goal. I know there are people clamoring for maybe Jalen Chatfield to get some power play time. My opinion is that if Carolina can find another defenseman who can, if he's a right shot, play his offside, unless Jalen Chatfield can play his offside, somebody who can help on the power play, but they definitely need another left shot defenseman. There's no no doubt about that in my mind. At the very least, they need depth on the blue line because right now your minor your depth beyond the top six that you have is Dylan Coughlin, we all understand that he cannot play in the playoffs for this team. Max Lejoie, who I don't mind. I'd like to see Max get more time in the NHL before we thought about playoffs, but I don't mind Max Lejoie, but they, the, the truth is that they need desperately another NHL defenseman. Keep this in mind as well. When you get to the playoffs, Carolina doesn't have any NHL defensemen in the, in the minor leagues, by the way. When they get to the playoffs, you better have eight usable defensemen. Maybe even more. Maybe ten. You, it is a war of attrition when you get to the postseason. Carolina has to get depth in the, on the blue line that they can use if they have to. All right. That's set aside. Number two center, I think, is paramount for this team to get. Paul Stasny, bless his heart. Just Carolina's, I don't think, say this, I mean, I could be wrong. Paul Stasny can't be the number two center if Carolina thinks they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Just just not going to happen. Uh, he wasn't bad tonight at all. He's just, Paul Stasny just is not it. 
I think he's still a good player. I think in the right uh, in the right position in the right role, he can be a useful player. But Carolina's that line isn't dangerous with Paul Stasny playing the middle. It's my feeling on that. Could I be wrong? Yeah, I don't think I am. So I know all the names out there. I'm not going to get into names, uh, but Carolina needs an upgrade at that position. If Max Pacioretty cannot come back, there's no excuse. Zero. You can't use salary cap space as an excuse. The last couple of years, the Hurricanes front office has not done this team any favors at the trade deadline. Two years ago, the weird pandemic year, Yanni Hockenpah, that's it. Last year, Max Domi, that's it. No good. No good at all. This is a team that can win a Stanley Cup. If you have the cap room, you owe it to this team to put it to use and go out and improve the club. Even with Max Pacioretty, ready, they needed a number two center. Even with Max Pacioretty, they needed another defenseman. If Pacioretty is hurt and long-term injured reserve is available, they have to use it and get better. End of discussion. Adam Gold in studio with Sammy Hanna, owner and operator of the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Thanks for coming over. You brought a friend with you. I did, Adam. I brought Jeff Monsignor here with me today. It's great to have Jeff continue to be a part of the Aluminum Company. Obviously, took over the company from his father in 1984. And me and him had a great time growing the company through all those years. And now we're going to continue the legacy of the Aluminum Company with myself, Ryan, all the salesmen that have continued on with the company, Dallas Fruel, Danny Newman, Patrick Day, John Alexander, Jeff Hoffman. And my children are now starting with the company. Oh, my gosh. So we've got a new generation kicking off with the aluminum company to continue on the legacy. So, you, Sammy. Get in here, Jeff. Oh, can I say something? Please. Just, I'm going to elbow him out of the way. If you're thinking about exterior home improvements, give the aluminum company a call. Sammy has done an unbelievable, fantastic job. It makes me proud that I was able to exit the company and somebody was able to take it over to keep up the high standards that I started. So I'm very proud of Sammy as well. You guys are amazing. Customer service is the best thing you guys do. 800-672-4348. Aluminum company.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The defensive core continues to be an offensive machine. It's one of the freak occurrences that we have seen over the last, oh, two, three, four weeks. Check out these numbers. And we get goals from Brent Burns, Brady Shea, Jalen Chatfield tonight. Chatfield's got three goals in his last four games, five goals, all five goals in a 13-game span since December 22nd. Today's the 19th, less than a month. Five goals for Jalen Chatfield. He's on pace to score 40. Uh, No, but still, fun. Brent Burns, two goals in his last four. Brett Pesci didn't get a point tonight, but Brett Pesci has 10 points in his last 12 games. Oh, that's very nice. Brady Shea. Four goals in his last seven, seven points in his last seven games. Jacob Slavin has a goal and four points in his last four games. 
the blue line has come alive offensively. How about that? Really, really important to see uh, how Carolina's blue line has become support scoring because coming into tonight, we haven't seen... Uh, now, Andre has now gone nine games without a goal. Martin Natchez coming in tonight had gone six, but obviously with the power play goal late, that gets snapped, so that's over. Good. Natchez needs to get back to scoring, and while he has had a wonderful year, he did not get voted into the All-Star game. The Metropolitan Division's three fan votes were Artemi Panarin and Adam Fox of the Rangers and uh, Ilya Sorokin, the goaltender for the Islanders, and I am 100% on board with Sorokin being the goaltender. He is dynamite. Absolutely dynamite. So, uh, Svetch has now gone nine without a goal. Natchez scored, breaking a six-game goal drought. Tavo Teravainen scored, breaking an eight-game goal drought. Seth Jarvis has now won in his last 14 games. I just mentioned a bunch of players that have to play better, that have to be more productive for this team to max out. Two of them scored. One, Jarvis, I thought, played a pretty good, gritty game tonight. And the other, Andrei Svechnikov, had some really good moments, including uh, an acrobatic setup of Marty Natchez for a really good save by Marc-Andre Fleury. But Andrei Svechnikov commits an offensive zone boarding-slash-cross-checking penalty on Brandon Duhame late in the third period of an already 5-2 game Completely unnecessary, reckless, dangerous, silly, selfish, and puts Carolina shorthanded for five minutes. Svechnikov gets five for the major, ten for the misconduct. He's done for the night. I'm sure New York's going to review it. I think they review all match penalties anyway. I don't know if it was a match penalty. All misconduct penalties like that anyway. And. I'm not saying he will be suspended, but if they hand down a one-game suspension for Andrei Svechnikov, I'm not going to go, well, that wasn't warranted. It's a dangerous play. Dangerous play. Rod Brindamore wasn't happy about it after the game, and he shouldn't have been happy about it after the game. Andre can't do that. In a tight game, now you're done. What if that game was tied? What if it was a one-point game? What if it was a one-goal game? What if it was 3-2? Instead of 5-2. Now you're shorthanded for five minutes and one of your best players off the ice? Come on, man. We got to be better than that. We have to be better than that. On top of that, Andre has gone nine goals in that a game. So you know he's frustrated. Uh, even though he didn't pick up any other penalties tonight. Uh, and he, he has it in the last couple of games. It's also coincided with the stretch where he has gone in the box a bunch. So, no good from Andre. Let's be better. And we'll see if the league does anything about this. Hopefully, for Carolina's sake, they won't. Because I'd like to see him in the lineup against the Islanders. Because I think maybe this will snap Andre out of it. All right, two more players I need to talk about here. Well, first, let me get to the turning point of the game. Unquestionably, the turning point is Brent Burns. Unquestionably. The play he makes down a goal with with the building kind of quiet and down because... Whatever good was done in the first period that you didn't get rewarded for, you're down a goal, and the worst part is your power play is stunk, 
and Minnesota scores on their first opportunity. And the play was really made by Matt Zuccarello in the left, in the corner to the left. He comes out of the puck, uh, out of the corner with the puck. He ducks uh, below the goal line, then comes back out, shoots it across. It goes through Freddie Anderson uh, to the backside, and Kirill Kaprizov is there to uh, just stuff it in uh, to essentially the empty net. And it's one nothing Minnesota on a power play. Carolina had three power plays in the first period. First one was halfway decent. Second one was uh, not really good. Third one was skunk was in the building. It was awful. You just you can't get the stench of that power play off of you if you were here for it. So now you're down one. And Brent Burns makes a play at the blue line. Marc-Andre Fleury's stick is in the corner by uh, the hand or leg of his own teammate, Ryan Hartman. Burns, athletic play, uses all of his reach, keeps a puck in the zone so Fleury can't go get his stick. And Svechnikov and Paul Stasny win a battle in the left, along the left wall, maybe toward the corner. Svechnikov gets the puck back to Burns, who skates around a defender, uh, and then deeks Marc-Andre Fleury out. Uh, He doesn't have a stick, remember. Can't poke check, can't do anything with a stick. MAF just kind of falls to the ice. Burns stick handles around him, backhands it into the net. 1-1. And now the building is alive. Absolutely alive. Brady Shea scores on the power play. A few minutes later, four and a half minutes later, Jalen Chat. I'm sorry, um, Jalen Chatfield pushes the play forward. Tavo Teravainen scores shorthanded with about two and a half minutes left in the period. Carolina has a three-one lead. Awesome. And then we go to the third, and this is where I reminded people uh, that the Hurricanes have not been good in the third period. And Minnesota has. Carolina has to be good here. You can't just sit on a, what what, what, at that point was a 3-1 lead. You're probably not going to win this game 3-1. Minnesota's going to make a push like they did in Minnesota with Carolina leading by one. And Carolina came out, started the third period the way you're supposed to. You're supposed to play your game. Carolina got to their game. And about two and a half minutes in, Jalen Chatfield with a great shot, and a great net front by Martin Natchez. And Carolina win, gets up 4-1. I believe on the subsequent power play. It might have been that one. It might have been the next one. Uh, the Hurricanes uh, go up 5-1 on a Martin Natchez goal. And that was a great pass from Jarvis. And a dynamite finish by uh, Natchez into what ultimately was an empty net. They lead 5-1. They go on to win 5-2. Still have to kill off the power play, the five-minute major, but they did. And Freddie Anderson was spectacular tonight. Freddie's played three games since he came back. He played the game in Columbus where didn't have to do too much. Carolina was way better, um, and they win at 6-2. But Freddie was fine. Solid. They didn't need anything from Freddie other than to stay on, stay on his skates. Just don't fall down. Uh, we'll be okay. A couple of days later, they play against Pittsburgh here, and Freddie was awesome. Absolutely awesome. He needed to be. 
Pittsburgh was good that night. Carolina was better than the Penguins. But Freddie had to be good. And Freddie was great in that game. Tonight, he was better than he was against Pittsburgh. I'm telling you, Minnesota could have had four or five goals tonight. And what Minnesota has done this year is, and I, I pointed this out in the Stormwatch, Minnesota does not generate a ton of grade-A scoring chances. Carolina, going into the game tonight, had almost 150 more grade-A scoring chances at 5-on-5 than Minnesota does, or did. That's right, 150 more. So, on average, about four a game more than Minnesota at 5-on-5. And that's just 5-on-5. Imagine what would what would happen if Carolina had a better power play. But Minnesota has converted a much higher percentage than Carolina. If Carolina was converting this at the same rate as the Wild, who are in the top 10 in converting these uh, those grade-A chances, Carolina would have about 16 more goals coming into tonight. So what could you do with... If you sprinkled 16 more goals around this season, what would Carolina's record be? And their record with the game, uh, with the result tonight, 28-9-8. and eight. Would you take two losses away? Would you take two overtime uh, losses and make them wins? I mean, it's probably safe to say that 16 more goals would probably equal... Four more points? Six more points? I don't know. I think it's safe to go if you just split it and said five. It's a big difference. And now you lead the division by, uh, instead of one going into tonight, you lead it by six. Maybe it would have mattered against the Devils the other night in a game you lost. So, that's all I'm saying is that Carolina just hasn't converted as much of these and a team like Minnesota has. So, this game was suddenly being played the way Minnesota wanted it to be played. Minimal number of chances, but within reach, they take the lead. Brent Burns turns the game around with that play. All right, and Freddie Anderson was spectacular. And he was better tonight. He stood tall. There would have been a lot of goals if Freddie didn't play well tonight. He got Ryan Hartman a bunch of times. He got Joel Erickson-Eck a bunch of times tonight. Kirill Kaprizov was noticeable at times, but he's always noticeable. But the Ajo line matched them, and the Ajo line won that matchup, I believe. We didn't really hear the name Sam Steele a lot tonight. Steele is the guy who scored the goal late in the third period uh, in Minnesota that sent that game to overtime. Carolina got a little lucky at times. I mean, there was a, there was a shot that went off the pipe, off the stick of Alex Kolagoski, who scored the game-winning goal in overtime in that game. But Carolina was really good. And once Brent Burns gave them life, they were great. One more thing. And I may have mentioned this earlier, but I am, uh, I'm punch drunk at this point. Tavo Teravainen is the player that unlocks it all. I'll say this forever. Even with healthy Max Patchy ready or any other addition, the Hurricanes are not going to win a Stanley Cup if Tavo Teravainen is not a huge part of it. Tavo Teravainen was good tonight. 
I don't know that he was great tonight, but he was good tonight. And I'm sure you'll see him back on the left side with Ajo and Jarvis. And I bet you see that that line take off because I'll bet you see Tavo Teravainen and Sebastian Ajo drag this team forward. Just a hunch. But Tavo is the key to all of it. He's the key to unlocking the power play. He's the key to unlocking Ajo, who I think has continued to play well since he came back from his injury. And now they just need to get Jarvis being a little bit more productive. I thought Jarvis played well tonight, too. Again, that line with Pacioretty, Ajo, and Jarvis was very good. The stall line was also very, very good. But anyway, uh, Tavo's going to be the key, and we'll see how the Hurricanes react in terms of personnel to the injury to Max Pacioretty. We'll also see what the injury is, but it clearly did not look good, uh, and that's where we are. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy Hanna's crew do a great job. You should go check them out. If you need windows or roofing or doors or uh, gutter helmets, if you don't know what those are, look it up. Great product. You'll never have to get on a ladder and clean your gutters again. Aluminum Company of North Carolina is the place to go. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. And if you give us a rating, that's fine. If you don't, that's also fine. Just want you to follow it and listen to it and enjoy it. We, we enjoy doing it. I do. Most of the time. Tonight, yes. Sad Max Pacioretty injury, but happy with a win. Until after Saturday's game, with the Hurricanes on Long Island against the Islanders, I am Adam Gold. I thank you very much for spending some time. Canes win at 5-2. Wait, before we go, very quickly, do we have a score in the Devils game? And Seattle, the Kraken, with a 2-0 lead, early second period on New Jersey. Canes went into play tonight with a one-point lead in the division. New Jersey had won five in a row. See what happens. New Jersey's a dynamite Third period team, a lot of hockey left there. But as we sit here, Hurricanes, live table, they lead by three. All right, see everybody on uh, Saturday night. Bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. Yes, I do. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network.